we started talking about divine presence. Someone say divine presence. Exodus 23, verse 20 to 28. God was assuring the people of Israel who had just come out of Egypt and were getting ready to go into the promised land. And God said to them in verse 20, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him for his, he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will, for my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and I will cut them off. You shall not bow to their gods nor serve them, nor do according to their works. But you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. And no one will suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you and I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and make your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send on it before you and which shall drive out the Heviites, the Canaanites and the Hittites from before you. Hallelujah. I believe that this word we have just read is God's instruction to you as we begin the journey of 2022. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said, my, I believe that this word you have just heard is God's word to you in particular. As we begin the journey of 2022, he says that I will send an angel before you which shall drive out the enemy. You see, it, the, the Old Testament is a mirror of our lives. So when you read the Old Testament, it's more like a, an image, like a videotape. How many know that every movie is made out of the imagination of real life? Sometimes the, 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 the movie is a futuristic movie and they bring some things that are not in existence. But after a while, over a time, those things become real. How many know what I'm talking about? There are some futuristic movies that today we can see they are happening. I remember uh, I think, uh, James Bond had a movie that had no driver. The, 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 the car drives itself to wherever the remote has called the car to go. Today, those cars exist. Amen. In the same way, 
when you read the Old Testament, it's giving you a reality of your life. Am I making sense to somebody? So when you read it, don't see it as somebody's story. Don't see it as a past story. See it as your mo- the movie of your life. Amen. And that says the Lord that I will send my angel before you. And he will keep you in your way in 2022. But beware and obey him. Do not provoke him. Amen. Do not provoke him. For he will not pardon your transgression. You see, he is giving us an advice. There are some sins that others do and they get away with. It doesn't mean that when you do it, you will get away with it. Am I making sense to somebody? He said that, but if indeed you obey his voice, then I'll become an enemy to your enemies. God is not naturally an enemy to your enemies. He only becomes an enemy to your enemies when you are in his will. Sometimes we go to pray and all we are praying that God kill my enemies. God kill. No, no, God is not killing anybody. Am I making sense? Yeah. Have you not been praying for some people to die and they are still alive and they are getting fatter? They are getting stronger. They are worrying you more. Yeah. It's because God is not naturally or necessarily an enemy to your enemies. But he only becomes an enemy to your enemies when you are in line with him. When you obey him, then he says that then I will make your enemies my enemies. Amen. For my angel will go before you. I'm in verse 23. And I will chase away the ites, the Amorites, the Gigashites, the Jebusites, the Heviats, the Perizzites, and all the other ites. I'll chase them out of your land. Hallelujah. I'll cut them off. Amen. My angel will go. You, you shall not bow to their gods. You see, the land that we are walking on has gods. Every land has gods. And the system is designed in such a way that you bow to the gods of the land. Amen. But when you have the presence of God and you obey God's voice, he says that I will show you how not to bow to the gods of the land. Am I talking to somebody? And you will serve me, the Lord your God, and I will bless your bread. Bread stands for our provision, your money, your account, your wealth, your daily food. Amen. And I will bless your water. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Amen. Water stands for the resources that comes to you. You know, when we pay our tithe, we, it says that he rebukes the devourer so that our water is not contaminated. There's some wealth that comes to you that is contaminated. Am I making sense? There's some wealth that is coming, but it comes with a lot of... A lot of... Is it okay to come down? Or because of COVID, I can come down. Okay. You know, the, 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 the Bible says the blessings of the Lord, they make rich and add no 
sorrow. Sometimes we work and get some money, but as soon as you get the money, somebody dies. And the money has to go. I always talk about my story. It was around about this time. January the 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I'd been saving to buy my dream car. See, I like, I'm a real African. Cash on the left. Goods on the right. And we exchange. So I've been saving for this car. Audi A4. I'd saved and saved and saved and I got the exact amount for the car many years ago. And when I got the money, I was about to go and purchase the car. I've been going, every lunchtime I go to that particular place and I walk around the car. And the salesman had become my friend. And the salesman advised me that generally they roll out the new reg. So immediately there, Yes, and the, the pre- second year will come down. So I should hold on. If I hold on, he can assure me that I will save 1500 Who would not want to save 1500 We are talking about November. And January the 1st or January the 2nd, 3rd, when they open, you can come for 1500 I say, sure, I'll hold on to my old car. I saved the money. The money was ready. The car was ready. I was waiting. My father's birthday is Boxing Day. So Boxing Day, I call, I call him Christmas Day, and I call him Boxing Day. So Christmas Day, I called him. Boxing Day, I called My father has a very strong voice when he's on the phone. You know, like very, very strong. Hey, my father's like, I won't tell you like what he calls me. But... I spoke, to, I spoke to my father, and he said, I am as strong as an ox. And my, my mother said, don't mind him, he's dying. <laughs> well, cut a, story, a long story short. The morning of the day I was going to buy the car, my wife calls me just Five minutes after I have dropped there from for, uh, at work, that news, I said, what news? The old man has just passed. Guess what? As soon as she said that, there went my Audi A4. Since then, I've hated that car to today. <laughs> what I'm trying to say to you is that there is some wealth that brings with it trouble. So that even though it is coming, as soon as it comes, it leaves. If God doesn't bless your water, because none of us know what is going to happen tomorrow. None of us know what is happening, you know, next week. You can do overtime. You can do the triple time. You can do everything you want to get money. But if your water is not blessed, if your bread is not blessed, then I can tell you that the money will come in one way and at the end of the day, you'll be owing. Hallelujah. But when your water is blessed, when your bread is blessed, sickness is taken away. Strength comes. He gives you ideas. 
So that that small money becomes a mighty harvest because you show you where to invest. Am I making sense to somebody? And with that investment, you will see wealth coming. Amen. I always say something. I say it like a joke. That you cannot pay me to stay out of the house of God. And I say that to my bosses at work. When it is Sunday, I don't care how important the job is. If you like, take your job. Because I know that when I come to the house of God, I receive a key. And that key can unlock more money and more blessings than you can ever give me. Am I I making sense to somebody? Yeah. So I want you to determine that this year, this passage we've just read will be what you would obey. Amen. So Israel was given this uh, advice by God. And I'm continuing the story. And now God says to Moses, Moses, come and receive the commandments that will guide you on the way as you enter into your promised land. So Moses goes to receive God's uh, instruction for the people. And as Moses goes, the people begin to agitate because they want what people want. People don't want God. People want other things. You see, understand that naturally, your natural self does not want God. Serving God must be a conscious thing. Amen. Because if you leave yourself, yourself will move you away from God. So they started agitating and they went to Aaron and said to Aaron that, listen, give Moses has gone to go and wait on God for 40 days. We don't know where he is. Maybe an animal has caught him on the way. Maybe something bad has happened to him. So you make for us, select a leader, make for us a God who will take us to the place. If there was a God who could take you, why didn't that God go and get you from Egypt? Hallelujah. Sometimes we take certain decisions that don't make sense. If only we will look at how far God has brought us. If only we will look at where God picked us from. If only we will look at what God has done for us in our lives. We won't make certain decisions. How do you say that make us a God? I see the God that brought you out of Egypt and took you past the Red Sea and he showed miracles to you, signs and wonders, gave you water, killed all the snakes that bit you. That God cannot take you across the Jordan. When he's taking over the sea. So they ask Moses, uh, Aaron to make gods, a god, a calf, a golden calf. So Aaron says to them, remove all your earrings, your nose rings, and bring them your bracelets that you got from Egypt. And he threw it into the fire. And there came... A golden, as if by magic. Hallelujah. So Moses comes back and he comes to see what has happened. See, one thing I always say that I don't, I'm not very clever. I'm not a very clever person. So I like to read the Bible in movie style. 
when I read it, emotions, it, it helps me to understand it a little bit better. How many understand what I just said? If you read like a literature, you can easily not understand and get the import of what is being said. But when you see it, I have a big imagination. I can imagine a lot. So when you imagine the story, it sticks better. Are you with me? Now, this God they've made, the golden calf. Can you find a picture of the golden calf for me? This God they've made is not necessarily what they wanted to worship. They had seen that the people around the area that they live, they do a certain type of worship. They have like a golden uh, image. And then when the image comes, the way they worship is that they go before the, the image, the golden calf or whatever it is, naked. And part of their praise and worship for that image is to have sex with everybody. So it was that that they were interested in. Not the image itself. Sometimes find out the motive for what you are doing. Because the motive for what you are doing is hidden in your action. Am I making sense to somebody? The motive is, is, is everything. It can be a good thing, but if the motive is wrong, it's a sin. They, do, do you think that they believe that this is God? Do you think after seeing the, the, the ten plagues, people, firstborns dying in Egypt and in Goshen, nobody dies. They see lies. They see the water turning to blood. They see all those things. Do you think that after seeing all those things, you will believe in this? No. Not necessarily. Sometimes our flesh and the desire of our flesh becomes too strong and it drives us from common sense. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So they, they, they force Aaron to make this golden calf. So they, they come around. You see, be, be careful about people that come with strong voices, especially to drive you away from the things of God. Be careful about people like that. Strong voices, giving you reasons why you must not... What is all this church, church, church thing that you do? What is all this type of thing? Don't you, don't you know you can do this? Why can't be, be careful of people like that. They are, they are agitators of the building of the calf. They agitate for you to build a calf. Do you think that Aaron wanted to build this? He knew what was the right thing to do. So did the elders. But there were some people amongst them who had stronger voices, louder voices, pushing them, pushing them, prodding them, prodding them to do that which was wrong. Hallelujah. Be careful. People who are agitating you, prodding you, pushing you away from the, the presence of God, from the house of God, pushing you. You have not been promoted at work. And at work now, the bosses go to play golf Sunday morning. 
That is when you can get into the good books of the bosses. That will give you bigger promotions. That will give you bigger exposures. That will give you, they'll make you can cut different deals. I was telling Pastor Sam that the reason why I learned how to play golf, to play golf is that if you want to talk to some big pastors, you cannot, they won't give you two hours of their time. No pastor will give you two and a half hours of their time. You know, because they are busy. But if you know how to play golf, and you say that, can I invite you to go play golf? Yes. What does that mean? I have two and a half hours of undivided attention. As we move from the first hole to the 18th hole, we have walked five and a half miles chatting Asking questions, chatting. But if you don't know how to play golf, they'll make you a caddy. You'll be carrying bags. <laughs> so Pastor Sam called me. When did Pastor Sam come? Where is Pastor Sam? He called me, I think, two days ago, three days ago. He says he's had a re- New Year's resolution. I said, what's your New Year's resolution? He said, Reverend, if you are going to play golf, I'll go with you. <laughs> So, get ready, we'll be going. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, all those type of things, as forceful as they sound, they are trying to take you away from the presence of God. They are, before you realize, your Sunday is gone. And I said, it's a, oh, Pastor, but I can worship, I can pray in my, in my, uh, on my own. I can watch the, the video. I can watch the, the broadcast later. I need you to give yourself common sense arguments. But how many know that it's not the same? Oh, I say how many know it's not the same? Yeah. It's not the same. Be determined that nothing will take you out of the presence of God. Oh, I said, be determined that nothing will take you out of the presence of God. Look at where they are. Now, they are dancing around this thing naked and having sex with everybody. Then Moses appears, angry. Watch your temper in 2022. The anger, the Bible says that Moses was, amongst all, all the men in the world, Moses was a mild man. Very mild man. But Moses had a temper problem. That temper problem will make you lose your marriage. That anger problem will make you lose your job. That anger problem will make you lose certain friendships. You see, can I say something to you? Oh, are you, are you in church at all? I always say something. I always say something. Oh, Charlene, it's nice to see you. You are looking at, there's no other shell in the, in, the, in the church. If God is going to bless you, God will use people to bless you. So be careful with relationships. Am I talking to somebody? Be careful. Watch relationship. You know, to relate with Christelle, for a long time. She will step on my foot. I will step on her foot. Do you get it? I think I'm heavier than you, isn't it? So, 
So, if I step on her foot, it may be more painful than her stepping on my foot. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if you want to keep the relationship, even though it's painful, swallow the pain and learn to forgive the person so that we keep the relationship. Because I read somewhere in Luke chapter 6 verse 38 that give it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Shall what did he say? Shall what? Did he say shall angels? Shall God himself? What did he say? Shall men put to your bosom? So if God is going to bless you, God is going to use men. And God, you see, naturally, strangers don't bless necessarily. Oh, you didn't understand what I'm saying. It's people you already know. So watch your relationship with them. I try my best to keep relationship. Even when I am annoyed. Even when I'm offended. Even when I feel that this person, I need to cut them off. My policy in life is that I keep the relationship. Because keeping relationship is like opening the pipe. Somehow, you don't know which one the water will flow through. Hallelujah. So watch your relationships this year. Are you with me? The anger that you have may cut off a very vital relationship from your life. Make you miss out on a blessing. Am I talking to somebody? Don't allow any... There are some people, you need to keep them at an arm's length, but keep them anyhow. Do you understand what I'm saying? Keep them, but at an arm's length, but keep them. Keep that friendship, because you don't know when God is going to bless you and who God is going to use to bless you. Am I making sense? So, Moses comes, he throws the thing, he has gone to wait on God for 40 days and 40 nights. He throws it at this golden calf. And with that, he loses his opportunity to go through to the promised land. But before then, verse chapter 33. Let's go to chapter 33. So, verse 1 says that then the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here. You and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob saying to your descendants I will give it and I will send my angel before you. I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites up, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up with your, your, in your midst. Lest I consume you on the way. For you are a stiff naked people. Exodus 33. I am in verse 3. Always listen to as I'm preaching. So you don't 
go as if you didn't hear. Amen. Verse 4. And when the people heard this bad news, they mourned. No one put his on his ornaments. Remember the ornaments was what they removed. And they threw it into the fire. And the golden calf popped out. Now that God has said that because of their constant sins, he's not going to go with them. The Bible says they removed their ornaments. Hallelujah. What is it that you have been adorning your life with? What is the pride of your life? What is it that makes you, it's like a jewelry around, how, how many know that a jewelry beautifies you? Isn't it? The reason why ladies like jewelry and certain rings and certain diamond ring, diamond earrings and all that is because it beautifies you, isn't it? It gives you a certain air of supremacy. Watch out for those things. If you want the presence of God, learn how to take off those things. There are some churches, they take off the rings and everything before they go to the presence of God. That is not necessarily what it says you should do. Because the Old Testament is just a movie of the real. What he's saying is that don't hold anything too dear and too precious in the presence of God. Am I making sense to somebody? Don't be too full of yourself. Verse 5. Quickly. For the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. You know, the word stiff-necked means somebody who is not easily corrected. You are set in your own ways. You don't necessarily bend. You don't yield. I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me what to do. Stop. I have, I have the, the definition. Let me give you the definition of stiff-neckedness. Stiff it says that it is somebody who is antagonistic, stubborn, argumentative, like uh, Vanessa, and going into minute detail in order to distinguish our points of view from others. In Proverbs 29, verse 1, the Bible says that a neck that is often rebuked and will not yield is suddenly broken. Hallelujah. I pray that our necks will not be broken. Sometimes when you come to the house of God, your neck is, God is trying to turn your neck. Allow your neck to be turned. Don't try, I, I know. We shall not, we shall not be moved. Hey, you're about to die. As for me, as for me, this is how I have always, I am. This, no, 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 don't be like that. Be soft. Amen. Go back to my verse, verse 5. Says that these people are a stiff-necked people. You are a stiff-necked people. I will come up 
into the midst of thee in a moment, and I will consume thee. Give me in the New King James. Put off thy ornament from you. And now, therefore, take off your ornaments and that I may know what to do to you. Amen. All right. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments at Mount Horeb. And Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meetings. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went quickly, quickly, out into the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. Quickly, we are going to verse uh, 29, so we need to go fast. So it was when Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people, okay, let's jump, let's jump to uh, 12, quickly. Jump to 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say, bring these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have, yet you have said, I know you by name. You see, the one who is sitting behind the, the, the driving, the steering wheel, if I go and attack her right now, I'll be in trouble. When I go home, I'll be in trouble. So I would pretend as if I'm not seeing what is happening there. Amen. Hallelujah. Yet you know, yet you said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way, that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight, and consider this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Then he said to him, that Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Amen. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? Except you go with us. So he we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. The thing that separates us is the presence of God this year. What will separate you from others is the presence of God. When you go into a certain room and the presence of God is with you, favor will come to you. You know, my wife told me something the other day and it was just out of the blue. She just said something that it is not who doesn't like you that matters, but who likes you. Pray that the one who likes you is somebody who matters. Because if somebody who matters likes you, they'll promote you. If somebody who likes you is in an official, a higher capacity, a higher position, and they like you, they'll favor you. If the one who does not like you is in a high position, then you are in trouble. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So it's important that we have the presence of God. Because the presence of God is an, is, some, is an aura. It's like a perfume that makes you attractive. It is not how beautiful your face looks. It is not anything you have done. It's not how intelligent, how hardworking, but it's just favor. How I many that favor is not fair? When you see the one who is walking to the camera, here comes the bride. They are usually not the most prettiest in the room. If you're amongst her own bridal party, there may be some people in the bridal team who are more prettier than her. But the one who favor found is the one who is, wearing, is going to get a ring. It's not that she's the most beautiful or the richest. Are you with me? That is why we need to pray for the favor of God. Instead of praying for a boyfriend, pray for the favor. Pray for the presence. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Instead of praying for a husband, pray for what? Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Instead of praying for a wife, pray for what? Because the presence of God creates everything. Hallelujah. This is what Adam and Eve lost. The presence of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that they hid themselves from the presence of God. You see, two things happen when you sin against God. When you sin, you, your conscience drives you away from the presence of God. And God himself also drives you away. He said that we were, we heard the voice, we heard your voice walking in the garden. And so we hid ourselves. Because we have sinned. Because we're naked. And God said, how did you know you were naked? Have you eaten of the fruit? Hallelujah. In uh, the next chapter, that's uh, Genesis 4, when Cain killed his brother, listen to what God says to him. Are you, are you there? Hello? Hey, I'm not feeling you at all. Cain says in verse 13, you know the story, I'm not going to read the story to you, you know the story. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. 14, surely you will have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. What does it mean to be hidden from the face of God? Oh, I said, what does it mean to be hidden from the face of God? It means you are not in his presence anymore. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. Because I'm exposed. If you are not in the presence of God, it means you are exposed to every element. Hallelujah. How many know that the most vulnerable time any human being has, physically and spiritually, is when you are asleep? How many know that? 
The most vulnerable time is when you are asleep. When you are asleep, only 11% of your faculties work. Hallelujah. Anybody can attack you physically. When you are asleep, spiritually, any, any baby witch can attack you. Any witch who has not gone to uh, primary school, an uneducated witch can attack you. Because you don't have the presence of God. Let's read on, let's read on. And the Lord said to him, therefore whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone find him should find him shall kill him. Verse 16 is what I'm looking for. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. May you not go out of the presence of God. I said, may you not go out of the presence of God. We have, we have identified a sin as something that takes you from out of the presence of God. Who shall ascend to the hills of the Lord? Who shall dwell in his holy place? He who has clean hands. A pure heart. Clean hands. Listen, one of the greatest secrets of becoming somebody who has uh, the presence of God around him all the time is your heart. Somebody in my heart. If your heart is pure, the presence of God is attracted to you. You see, it doesn't matter how, how many times you pray. It doesn't matter how much tongues and how, much, how many times you fast. If your heart is not pure, you don't attract the presence of God. See, most of us think that we can use our physical strength to attract God's favor. So physical prayer, physical fasting, physical, you know, things. No, 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 no. Your heart. Your heart. That is why in Galatians chapter 5, when he's talking about all the things, the works of the flesh, he talks about all those things that are not necessarily the things you can see. You understand what I'm saying? The things of the heart. See, the fruit of the spirit is purity, patience, love. Not how many tongues you speak. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. Kindness, goodness. Having a pure heart. Have people offended you before? Have they offended you before? Have they offended you before? Have people hurt you before? Do you know that when somebody hurts you, it takes away the pureness of your heart. So now when you are dealing with somebody else, I've seen this before. I have seen this type of things before. There are some ladies, they, they don't have a pure heart. So it's very difficult to, 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 for, for them to attract a young man. When a young man comes and says that, hi baby. I'm getting fond of you. I, I'm getting fond of you. Hey, young, man, young man, young man, young man, I've heard all these things. I've heard all these lies before. Your heart is not pure. Your heart is not pure anymore. To the pure, all things are what? 
when a young man says, I love you, baby. <laughs> you start laughing. <laughs> Look at this comedian. <laughs> you love who? <laughs> as soon as you, you, you he, he leaves, you are trying to get his phone. What, who is this? Has he been texting? Your heart is not pure. Some people are preaching their own messages. <laughs> eh? I have been calling you 15 times. You haven't answered. Okay, do FaceTime. Where are you? FaceTime. Let me see where you are now. Scan it. Do 360. Let me see who is in the room. No, no, no. Go into the bathroom. I want to see whether somebody's hiding there. What about under the bed? Look at somebody. Your heart is not pure. Your heart is not pure. Your heart is not pure. pure. How can you attract somebody with a suspicious heart? I know Jamie, Sammy, Big Bobo, and Big Daddy, all those things, they broke your heart. Yes, I know that. Uh, I haven't started my message. <laughs> Hallelujah. But <laughs> but you have to you have to learn. No, please don't use that name. You see that my friend is called Billy One. And one of the days I was using his name to, to preach, and I said, Billy One. As soon as I left, he sent me a, a message. He was online watching the message. Why are you using my name to preach in your church? <laughs> so now nah, I don't use that name anymore. Because <laughs> all the names I'm giving you, they are names of people I know. Yeah. Hallelujah. I know all these guys broke your heart. But don't punish this one with all the sins of everybody. Hallelujah. Have a pure heart. Have a pure heart. You attract God's presence with a pure heart. See, people who have been offended in a church, they don't have pure hearts. When they go to another church, This type of churches, me, I've seen them before. I know. They are, before you realize, pastor is calling you, when they call you, you see, so. <laughs> you don't have a pure heart. You don't have a pure heart. Hallelujah. Let me, let me go on, let me go on before I fall in this place. Go, go, go back, go back, go back to my scripture. He says that, do not let us leave this place if your presence doesn't go. Listen, in 2022, we must fight to remain in the presence of God. Do whatever you want to do to remain in the presence of God. David did everything he could to remain in the presence of God. Was David the purest, uh, uh, the holiest man alive? 
Was David a, a man that did not sin? Was David a man that did not know? David did everything that we, you and I do. In fact, he did worse than you and I can do. But one secret that David had was the presence element. David kept the presence of God. He fought for the presence of God. You know, the Psalms shows you the heart of the psalmist. And his heart was for the presence of God. You know, anytime you read the Psalms, try and look at the background to the Psalm. Because if you look at 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, you look at 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, you see, you see the setting of the Psalm, that particular Psalm, when it was written. What was the psalmist, what was David going through when he wrote that particular psalm? You realize that for most of the time, something bad had happened to him. He was going through a, 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 a bad patch in life, like we all go through, like we will go through in 2022. But the thing with David was that sometimes the psalm doesn't reflect what is happening to him. The psalm is reflecting his heart and his worship to God when he's living through a bad patch. When Absalom was chasing him, he was thinking about the house of God. He said, my heart yearns for the presence of God. When shall I go to be in the presence of God? When your son, you see, if my son is fighting me and is coming with an army to chase me, the last thing I'll be thinking about is worshiping God in, in, in church. If there's any prayer, Lord, show me where that foolish boy is. Let, him show, let me show him a thing or two. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? In Psalm 51, Nathan the prophet has just come to say to him, there was a man who had just one sheep. That he tended, if I went to bed with a sheep. And there was this rich man that had so many, several. And then when the, um, a visitor came, the rich man went for the poor man's sheep and slaughtered it for the visitor. When David heard this, he was so angry. He said to Nathan, show me where this guy is. Let me go and teach him Equity. Can't cheat poor people like that. And Nathan says that, Brother David, it is you. Psalm 51. And Brother Nathan has just told Brother David that this is what God is going to do. God is going to take away your son that will be born God is going to take away your wives. As you took somebody's wife, God is going to take your wives away. God is going to remove the kinship from you and give it to somebody else more deserving because you did not, when you were small in your eyes, I kept you. Anything you asked, I would have given to you. Why do you go and take somebody's wife? He goes and he says, have mercy on me, O God. 
according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from all iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may, f- you may be found when, just when you speak and be blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought in iniquity. I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you, deser- you desire truth and in, in the inward parts. Listen to that. I want you to listen to the heart of this guy. Because this... Think, do you know that it's a secret between the prophet and the king? The rest of the nation don't know about it. If you and I were praying, we'll ask God to cover our sin and not expose us, not let the people hear. We'll try and bribe the families so that they cover it. But not so with David. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, you will make me no wisdom. Quickly, please. Purge me with his up that I'll be clean. Wash me that I, me and I will be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. I'm looking for verse 12, so let's hurry up. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew the right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from what? Oh, do not cast me away from what? Do not take away your Holy Spirit from me. You know, the the presence, absence of the presence is absence of the Holy Spirit. Don't think that because you are still speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit is with you. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between speaking in tongues and the presence of God being with you. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. All this guy was trying to achieve was to have the restoration of his relationship. He says, as we read on, he says that take away everything. Take away. You can take away my kinship. You can take away all those things. But do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Do not take the presence. Because David knew that when the presence of God is with him, he can get everything back. Brothers and sisters, when the presence of God is with you, you can get everything back. We are about to finish. How to get the presence of God, number one. Number one. Number one, how to get the presence of God. Seek the Lord. Somebody say, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. I am introducing our theme of the month, Bakesh. In Jeremiah 29. Quickly, quickly. Jeremiah 29. Verse 12. Then you call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me, Bakesh, and find me. You will search for me 
with all your heart and I'll be found by you, says the Lord. And I'll bring you back from captivity into my presence. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, you, says the Lord. I'll bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. Amen. In chapter 33, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, says that call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Brothers and sisters, this year, let's seek the Lord. I say, let's seek for the Lord. In Isaiah 55, verse 6, says, seek the Lord whilst he may be found. Which means that the time to seek the Lord is, is time sensitive. In the grave, you can't seek the Lord. On the hospital bed, when you are connected to tubes, you can't seek the Lord. So seek the Lord whilst he may be found. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek him in the right, at the right time. At the beginning of the year, let us seek God. Let us call upon him whilst he is near. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is near to us. Bible says that the Lord is near to them that call upon him. Amen. If we will call upon him this year and make a covenant. See, David made a covenant in Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell. I will. The, well, the word I will is what? It's not conditional, isn't it? Will is what? A definite clause, isn't it? If somebody says, I will come. It's not maybe. He says what? I will. Definite clause. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. So he's saying that if God, you will let your goodness and mercy follow me in 2022, all the days of my life, then this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a covenant with you that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. From verse 1 through to verse 5, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want all those things. Is conditional to the last verse. If I determine to hold the presence of God, then he will be my shepherd. Then I shall not want. Then he can make me lie in green pastures. He can lead me beside still waters. Hallelujah. He can give me all the pleasures of life. If only I will dwell in the presence of the Lord. Stand to your feet.